Hi, welcome to the Silk Podcast. This is Group 8, Lainey and Sophia. Today we will be talking about era of self-help. What does the phrase pull yourself up by the bootstraps mean? And why does it have racial implications? Discuss the debate between Booker T. Washington and W.E.B. Du Bois. Who do you side with? Voices of protest. Discuss the practice of lynching culture in America and its effect on African-American protest movements. Explain the intersexuality between racism and feminism, particularly for women of color. Do you see any connection between lynch culture and police brutality? Why or why not? Finally, rise of black culture. What is black culture? Is black culture American culture? And present an unknown example of black excellence. And what did they do? Hope you enjoy. Praise, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and what does it mean and how does it have racial implications pull yourself up by your bootstraps I think it means like try to pull yourself up of poverty or out of like situation that you're having but it's racially implied because back then like when that phrase was made a lot of like the black community didn't even have boots on black men so it's like they could even pull themselves up out of poverty so they didn't even have money to, like, help themselves. So that's just kind of, like, rude, you know? Yeah, that's... I didn't even know that, like, before researching any of this, I did not know that that had any, like, underlying racial implication. I thought that it was literally just a phrase that old white people used when they were on their farms. So... Yeah, that makes no, a lot like, of sense. Yeah, like, white people would say it to black people, like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And they're like, I don't have boots. So, so it's kind of just, like, making fun of them. Just, like, taking my hurt already. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, I don't understand, like, why people would do that. But it's fine. You know what? It's okay. That is, oh, that is literally disgusting. That is, like... So that's kind of reminding me of like Booker T. Washington, his point of view, and this is a little biased just because the debate between him and Dubois kind of like I definitely side with Dubois just because of his views on actually taking action while Washington kind of just wanted to sit back and let white people know that they were good enough and they were there for equality when and that it would come to them but I feel like that's kind of a helpless situation because if you are going against a race who has been discriminating against you for years and treating you horribly for years I don't feel like just being good enough is ever going to be good enough for them because if they have never seen that they have been if they have never seen your race as equal to them for centuries they are not going to start 
just because you are educated, knowledgeable, you can do the same things as them. They already knew that. But racism is always going to step in the way of that. Their mindset is always going to be in the way of that. And that's where I side with Dubois on your education. Yes, it's important. Your knowledge. Yes, it's important. But you have to put it into protest. You have to put it into work. You have to take the action to destroy the racism and the racist systems that have held the black community yes i totally agree with you on that like it's just there are just problems with both sides i feel like with both of them and it just it really irritates me just all of this i just don't understand because there's nothing like between both sides there's not like a fine there's a fine line between racial inequality and equality So one side, like, supports education for Black people, the other side doesn't. But then there's, like, the other side is for other types of equality and the other side isn't. And it's just, like, I don't know. They both have inequalities and equalities in them. Exactly. So, like, there's pros and cons everywhere. But I feel like if we have one side who – because I feel like – in Washington's view, like, the civil rights movement was, should have been a lot less, like, doing things and more so just, like, putting themselves up there. Like, being in places that white people were and making themselves known more so than the protests, the sitting on the bus, the March on Washington. But I feel like Dubois was definitely more for he would have been for all of that and much more supportive of how like sit-ins all of those things how they went down because I feel like If the civil rights movement had not had happened how it did, I don't think that we would have as much progress as we've seen today, which is still not even enough nearly. Exactly. And like, I feel like through this out the whole thing, we had, there was this space in time where we almost opened the door to racial equality and then we kind of shut it when it came to Washington and Dubois like it just that's when we kind of shut down I feel like because around that area they tried to do things but it wasn't really impacting on the people around them like and then when it came to when we did the marches and stuff that kind of opened up the gate again but we had to start over and I feel like if we started from the beginning and kept going we wouldn't have all the things we they had been doing, like lynching and all the other stuff. It's, so that's just, it's just hard. You're kind of saying, like, the point of views, I feel like, should have, if we had had more of a equal point of view, like, 
between people who were fighting for equality and they had the like more of an equal view of how they were going to achieve it it would have been better achievable yeah 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 Yeah. all right so now we're gonna discuss the practice of lynching um (laughs) this is a weird turn we're having here (laughs) yeah but it does have a big effect on early African-American protest movements. And it was more why we started protests. Um, because this where people were whipped, burned on a stake. It happened everywhere. And it kept the... And like quotes in check and it was like um, such but it did pave the way for a bunch of protest movements because it, it was, was such impressive. a public like display and it was like entertainment for white people which is like exactly. so repulsive and like it was it was just so aggressive and i think that's why it gave another reason for the black population to arrive and to defend themselves because they're like we're done with this i just gave another reason to retaliate yeah i totally agree with that i feel like it definitely brought people together um when i was when i was younger probably in about fifth grade um we read a class book it was called the lions of little rock and it was about the little rock Little Rock Nine, the Little Rock Nine. And basically, at that point in time, I had never known what lynching was. I didn't know much about any type of, I didn't know about segregation fully. I wasn't completely aware of how discriminatory the US had been. And I we read that book and it really opened my eyes it really interested me in the history of civil rights and there's one scene in the book where it thoroughly describes um the families are talking about how one of or Emmett Till they're talking about Emmett Till and his lynching and that made me go online and I researched it and that was one of the first times I had ever truly seen how horrible America really was because at that point like teachers aren't giving you proper context of slaves nor have they really ever they hadn't told us that slaves were beaten that they were like so mistreated they hadn't told us that I had no idea what a lynching was and reading this book it really opened my eyes to how disgusting america still was after slavery and how it truly was prior to after during the civil rights movement in that era yeah and they're even like you can even see relations now through police brutality i believe because you see so much like so much police brutality and then it goes into like 
you see white people like police officers killing shooting or doing this and that to black people and you're like that was for no reason sometimes yeah there is a reason but most of the time there's not i feel like the only difference is is that it's not premeditated although you did say something earlier you said um that it caused black communities to come together and protect each other and i feel like that's exactly what happened this summer especially with um the huge um not even re-emergence but like the huge recognition of the black lives matter movement um i think that that was definitely an event caused by ahmaud arbery brianna taylor and george floyd's murders and then we're hearing all these other names now and it's still bringing the community together which is amazing but it's also forming a community of people who are backing the blue Mm -hmm. and I feel like that was also a big thing because since these events like since lynchings were so public I feel like white people were protecting white people they weren't gonna get in trouble by the police for this oh yeah no and the police aren't gonna get in trouble for killing people by the police they will be in trouble by the people, but that yeah. is the first that will come to them. Exactly. And, like, I feel like everything that's been happening kind of shows everyone's true colors within when it comes to racism and everything. Yeah. The racism between feminism and with the women of color, they are getting a lot more backlash than everyone else. I definitely like intersectionality is so important when it comes to feminism. You have to be supportive of all women. You need to be supportive of women of color, trans women, um, women a part of the LGBTQ community in general. You need to be supportive of disabled women. We need to screw the beauty standard. And I think that that is huge in feminism between feminism and women of color Mm -hmm. because women of color are not always the Western European beauty standard. And that is so seen, especially on social media like TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat. It is just a fact that Black girls are not as desired by men as white girls. My black friends have always expressed to me that their first thought when they like a guy is, is he going to like me because I'm a black girl? Mm -hmm. I have Hispanic friends. They're like, are they going to be okay with me being Hispanic, me speaking a different language, me not, like, maybe they don't completely know English. They're like, I can't talk to them because I don't completely know English. People are so insecure about themselves because there is so much racism on this earth that are keeping women from living their best life. And feminism is about the equality of every woman to a man. But that has obviously not been seen in the past 
black women were not allowed to vote at the same time white women were native women weren't allowed to vote at the same time white women were hispanic women like in history white women have always gotten there first and then every other race follows but not very quickly so i feel like that is a big gap in feminism because while it is about the equality of all women two men first you have to focus on the equality of all women Mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of people overlook the fact that not even that is true women are equal yet and it sucks because men will use that in an argument men will be like well you guys are all equal how can you be equal to us exactly and it's just really hard because us women we rule the world we created our men we literally we do everything we are the greatest us girls like i'm actually really proud of how much the feminist movement has developed because i feel like now we all are supportive of each other i don't think i've met a girl really that's been like no get out of my face i don't like you you're different like you're white like i've never met someone like that we're all just like supportive of each other especially now a lot more of us are and we all are gonna fight for each other because we're in this together yeah I feel like definitely um if you are going to call yourself a feminist your feminism has to be intersectional and there's like no ifs ands or buts but if you are not racist not homophobic not transphobic not anti-immigration girl if you are welcoming of everybody into your world you're on you're on the right track exactly and I want to bring this conversation into what is black culture yeah um we're gonna start talking about culture here and this this part of this podcast is going to be really hard to talk about because I don't think anyone really knows what different kinds of like white culture and black culture are because they've been so mixed yeah in a way but black culture is definitely its own thing like they have a past that us white people do not saying they've been through so much and that is part of them that is part of what the black population has gone through it's part of what their ancestors went through exactly and it's what we did to them yeah and i feel like they just have it a lot harder they always had than what white people had and black people are a lot more stronger than what we think and i think that's part of the culture aspect because their culture is being strong going through all of this yeah I feel like um a big part of black culture is the generational trauma yes but I also like this is like very I don't even know if this is like what was being looked for when he made this point but black culture to me is like the jazz music, Harlem, in the 30s, like, mm-hmm. these cultural movements, Black Lives Matter, 
banding together as a community when no one else is going to give you the time of day like that is your community like my grandpa he always used to have um like jazz posters everywhere and like that is just like what I remember him as like he was the jazz guy because he would always listen to jazz he would always have these jazz posters up but every single time like it was always a black man mm-hmm. and he was married to my white grandma and so like they had an interracial relationship which is really funny just because like they were both so different like Mm -hmm. the food that they ate was so different like whenever my grandpa cooked he would cook like liver and onions and stuff like that or like sometimes they grill out but he would always make the better ribs my grandma would be making like some betty crocker hamburger helper (laughs) yes Or, like, my grandma would be making spaghetti for us, spaghetti and meatballs. And, like, they just had such different styles. And I feel like even though I was really young, I still understood that that was just a cultural difference between them. And that's, like, like my dad. Like, my dad is not, like, my mom is Hispanic, my dad's black and white, and they are not like each other at all. Like, whenever my dad is with his siblings it's like he's really able to be himself just because like they know that they are mixed and they're half white half black they can't they have the best of both worlds but they also have the misfortune of growing up in a racist community Mm -hmm. and they know like I don't know I've just always had to view every single race as something different as I've grown up but I feel like every race also I have a comfort person so it's like I've been a part of it all but at the same time like they every single culture is so different and it's just you just gotta recognize it all and I can't. yeah so pretty much everything you have said like I that's just a really good example of kind of the American culture in some way you know because yeah American culture is a mix of a bunch of different cultures of people who have come here to America and brought in so many different things America doesn't really have its own culture per se it's kind of just a mix of everything else but there's a problem with that. I feel like um, the this is what I said about the Black culture and American culture. Black culture is American culture, but American culture could never be Black culture. Yes. I feel like there's so much about Black culture that America has appropriated, taken... Or just even moved into their own forms. There's the hairstyles. There's celebrating our black men and women. Like, you're never going to see a white person be like, beautiful white queen. But every other race, there's Hispanic queens, black queens, Mm -hmm. Native American queens. But, like, I feel like... 
the American culture, you can't, you can throw that all in a pot, but it's so distinct that there almost is no single, like, American culture. Yeah, exactly. America is just a huge mix, and it could never be interchangeable with Mm -hmm. any. Alrighty, well, I want to finish off with shining a light on someone who will kind of exploit an unknown example of Black excellence. Yes, ma'am. I, okay, so I did the research for this one, and so, first of all, my biggest, like, um, Black excellence figure in my life, personally, was Madam C.J. Walker, from the time that I was little, the first time that I saw her episode on Sister, Sister, um, they, like, portrayed her, and I was like, that girl is so cool. Like, are you kidding me? The first woman millionaire? First woman millionaire, period. Not white or black. And she was black. So, and for the time period, I was just, I was so flabbergasted. (laughs) I was blown away I was so excited about it and I've loved her since I was little so through doing my research about this I was so excited to find Annie Turnbow Malone who was born in 1869 she passed away in 1957 and this is the woman that Madam CJ Walker used to work for as an agent and so she was a chemist And she studied chemistry, but she got sick, so she had to leave school. But she had a really large interest in hair care, and she used her chemist mind to create her own line of non-damaging hair care products for African-American women. And by the 1920s, she was a multi-millionaire. We love an entrepreneurial queen. Literally. Why do we never hear about her? I was shocked. I was like, dude, so there's another multimillionaire. Like, what? That's crazy. We never hear about this kind of stuff. I was like, this is wild. I was so, I was very excited to learn about her. But that is our Black Excellence historical figure. Good job. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and have a great day.